Hey, this is Garrett. Before we get started, I want to tell you about our sponsors. First, we have DuckSeason.com. That's D-U-K-S-Z-N.com. Uh, go on there and check it out. There's uh, community forums on there where you can learn about all different tips and tactics for different types of waterfowl hunting. You can talk with a bunch of different guys all over the country. You can also go on there and find hunts to trade with people. Like say you want to go out east on the coast and hunt some sea ducks. You can go on there, find someone that's got one of those hunts. And if they're willing to, you can trade them a hunt for uh, something in your area. They also have uh, clothing on there, hats and shirts and whatnot. And check out their Salty Duck line. 100% of the proceeds from anything you buy from that go to the conservation of eiders. So that's a really cool uh, deal. Good way to spend your money. You can also find them on Instagram. Uh, it's D-U-K-S-C-N. Uh, next, we have Waylon Johnson and his guide service uh, down in the San Antonio area. If you want to get on some ducks and geese, go ahead and find him on Facebook at Waylon Johnson. Or you can give him a call. His number is 361-494-7868. Next, we have 701 Pursuit. That's Caleb and the guys. They're making hunting and fishing videos. You can find them on YouTube at 701 Pursuit. They're also on TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. All those are 701 Pursuit also. And they have a website. It's seven, the numbers, 701pursuit.com. Uh, go check out some of their merch, buy some of their hats, some of their hoodies. Last, we have Highline Retrievers. That's my uh, gun dog training service up here in Culbertson, Montana. Uh, if you are looking for any advice on training or if you want to set up some training this next summer for your Four-legged hunting pal, you can give me a call. Uh, my number is 406-783-7083. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, Facebook, it's H-I-L-I-N-E Retrievers. And on Instagram and TikTok, it's H-I-L-I-N-E Retrievers, all one word. And then, guys, we have a Facebook page. It's just called the Wicked Hunting Report Podcast. Uh, go on there. Uh, get in on it. We will approve you in as long as you're not 12 years old. Um, pretty much on there, we're going to have migration reports from across the country as guys are seeing birds fly uh, north or south, depending on the season. Be letting you know what's going through the area, numbers and types and whatnot. You can also get on there, post your hunting picks, what's good, what's bad, you know, anything like that. Anything goes, just try not to make it political at all. That's all we ask, but that's all we got for sponsors. Uh, please enjoy the show, and if you hear anything that you like or don't like, let me know. We're always trying to improve what we got for the show, but uh, yeah, enjoy it. All right, welcome in. Uh, this is Garrett. I'm here with Eddie Salt today. Eddie, why don't you introduce yourself, where you're from, and where you're at? Yeah, so um, name's Eddie. I uh, live in southern New Hampshire, um, born and raised in New England, and I'm the owner of Duck Season, uh, which is uh, kind of, it holds multiple hats where, you know, we sell some merch, we have a website that has an uh, open forum for duck hunters, and then we also have been focusing on highlighting people that are looking to trade hunts. Um, so you'll get like a feature spot on the website. So we're just trying to build a community within uh, the waterfowl and kind of get off of, um, you know, Instagram and Facebook and just have one solid place for people to to go and talk about duck hunting on. And okay, so yeah, go ahead. No, you go ahead. So I was just a little bit a little bit about myself. I grew up in the middle of the city of Boston um, and then moved. Um, in high school, when I was, uh, we moved up to New Hampshire, uh, in the middle of basically smack dab in the middle of New Hampshire. And that's kind of when I first got introduct, uh, introduced to hunting. It was more deer hunting. And then, um, from there it was more, it wasn't like the full on, like what, you know, you look look at today and everyone's in tree stands it was more of just like pick up a gun and walk through the woods and see if you see a deer um and then throughout the years that's kind of when it transformed into waterfowl hunting and that became an addiction okay so what got you into like did you have a family that got you into it or did you just pick it up on your own 
No. So like my family, they all think I'm like a crazy redneck because they all grew up in the city. Um, I'm a, the middle child. So, uh, we, everyone was moved out of the house basically besides my younger brother when we moved to New Hampshire. And that's when all the people that I became friends with were hunters. Um, but for waterfowl, it was, wasn't until like after college, um, my boss at the time, you know, he was asking me about, you know, what I like to do. And I told him, you know, I deer hunt time to time and I mostly fish. And, um, he was like, Oh, you should come goose hunting with me. And he was kind of describing him like you hunt Canada geese. Like what, <laughs> like it didn't really seem that interesting to me. And, and he gave me, um, he actually never took me hunting. He was like, Oh, just go find a field and, uh, throw, you know, he gave me like six Bigfoot decoys. And, um, I was like, all right, I'll try it. And I went out and threw all six down and I sat next to a tree. It was like, if I drove by this field now, I would never sit down in that field. I never saw a goose in the field before. It was, and, you know, like I had to have been like 10 geese, saw the decoys. I, I didn't have a call or anything. They just like banged on like a 180 after flying over and just worked perfectly, came in and um, just finished right in front of me. And actually the first bird I shot was uh, banded. Um, so that was a whole experience in itself. That's crazy. So when you got that first one that was banded, do you even know what that meant or? So what, I kind of, I kind of did. So that was back, back in the, like, you know, this was eight years ago, whatever, when like forums were still like the main thing before Facebook groups took over. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I like, I was searching around just trying to get as much Intel as I could on like what goose hunting was. So I didn't look like an idiot to my boss. And, um, you know, I, I definitely kind of knew the concept of bands, but didn't really realize how rare in certain areas they are. Um, so after I shot that bird, I, you know, I think we had, I think the limit then was three birds for that time of the year. So I like packed up the three birds, drove home. And this was like the old days when you had to call in. And, Mm -hmm. uh, so I called in. And the lady was the biggest bitch. And I was so nervous that I was in trouble and like did something wrong. Um, just like by the question she was asking, like, but it was like the common, like I, I've shot a couple more bands since then. And it's like the common questions asked, but like for a first time hunter, first time going out, calling in this band to figure out where the bird was and how old it was. Um, she was like, how'd you, how'd you harvest this bird? You know, where were you? And it wasn't like a, a friendly, like exciting thing. So I remember I was on speaker. My wife was standing in front of me. I was all jacked up about it. And then as I was talking to her, I was like, oh my gosh, the game wardens are going to pull up to my house right now. Lock me up. I did something wrong. I'm a new hunter. I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, but it happened, you know, like I, ch- I checked a hundred times before I went out there and I was illegal. Um, but yeah, that whole experience was pretty sketchy. It was, it was funny and like, I look back at it now and laugh of how it worked out. Well, do you remember, I guess, where that one was banded and how old oh, it was? Yeah. yeah. So, like, on my ride home, I'm like, oh, this was, you know, a Saskatchewan bird or something crazy. This is going to be so cool. It was banded that year, like, two months prior, like, a half a mile away from where I was hunting. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's really, I mean, I've never shot a banded bird and i've only ever seen two shot in my hunting career so for you to go out on your first one or six bigfoots out in the middle of a field and sit there in the open and just shoot one that is that is such dumb luck oh it was absolutely (laughs) stupid like i was i was in like i think i had like jeans on and like a like a plastic poncho like camo (laughs) like army camo poncho and i was leaning against a tree just like in like in in a cut I think it was like, yeah, it must have been like a cut cornfield that had like a huge oak in the middle of it. <laughs> well, at least it was a yellow poncho. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's crazy. So I guess from there, did that kind of get you hooked and you got more into it? or? Yeah, so so I was like still fly fishing pretty, pretty hard then. That was like right when I, I actually, prior to that, you know, backtrack a little bit, I moved out to Montana. Uh, my wife went to UM, uh, she was my girlfriend at the time. So I moved out there and I, I was just 
fishing basically every day. And I was trying to get a job, but it was like the 2008, um, 2009 crash where like, I couldn't even get a job at a grocery store. Like no one was hiring. Um, so I like burned through all my money and moved back to, back to the East coast, but I was still fishing. Um, you know, like I went out to the Bahamas and was fly fishing out there and did some cool trips and I was consulting at the time. Um, so I was traveling the country and I was fishing across the U S which was really fun. Got to see some cool places, um, that I never would have been able to just because work was flying me out there and giving me like the per diem money. Um, but I, that, that did like trigger like, Oh, I want to get more into this. And, um, so I really, I goose hunted for like the next couple of years, um, and didn't really get into the duck hunting, uh, until later on. But I was, I was just chasing, basically in, in New England, or at least how I was hunting, it was just dry fields, getting permission. And I was hunting by myself majority of the time. Um, so I, I ended up buying like some dive bombs and got like five dozen of those. And there was early on when they like first came out. Um, so like no one around me was hunting like that. Um, everyone was using like the full body. So I don't know, I had, I had some good success and then kind of got like a little group of group of guys together and we would just hunt together on the weekends and we were able to scout more areas and, you know, really put the, put the windshield time in to get some more successful hunts. Um, and then, you know, I, I kind of dabbled into, to the duck hunting, but I'm where I'm located. There's more like, uh, there's not big, big water, uh, more streams. Um, we call them rivers, but like out West, you wouldn't call them a river where I am. And they, the ducks, like it just wasn't really working for me or I didn't know how to do it. Um, so I kind of focused on, on goose hunting. Um, but Blake, uh, our mutual friend, I guess, I don't know how you know, Blake, but we were just in a group message a little bit ago. So I'm guessing, you know, Blake, um, so he, I worked with him and we would always go on, um, we were in the same position, but he was in North Dakota. I was out in Boston and we would go, you know, twice a year to, uh, work, you know, meetings or whatever. And we gather, you know, all the people in our position would gather in Houston or in Chicago. And we would end up always talking about duck hunting the whole time. And then, um, one day he just hit me up and was like, Hey, I traded a hunt with, this guy in Maine, he, I took him out on some, some, uh, I think they went on snow goose hunts, uh, out in North Dakota and he owes me an eider hunt. You, you want to pick me up at the airport and tag along? So I was like, yeah, might as well. And, um, that's when it, it really clicked. Cause I had no idea that we had such a cool bird to hunt on the coast. You know, you know, I was just chasing big geese by me where they're at every golf course and you see them everywhere and it's it's fun but it was nothing like a sea duck hunt and that's what really flipped a switch on that first hunt when you know we show up show up on the water you know the ocean's basically frozen in the bay we're breaking ice we're getting out there um and then i saw more more birds than i've ever seen goose hunting or duck hunting and the the type of birds that we're seeing would just look like aliens basically like coming through like oh there's an eider there's an old squaw you know there's some scoter there's some white wings coming through um and then you had like a couple black ducks rip by and you know it was just it was just insane and that's when i was like okay this is what i want to do going forward um i'd rather do that a couple times than you know chase the the two bird mallard limit on the local streams that we have around us. So is that what you do pretty much full time now is, I mean, hunting wise, are you basically on the ocean now? Or are you still doing any field hunting or what? Yeah. So like early season, like September. Um, so like since then I've had, um, two kids. So my oldest is five and he's super into hunting. Um, last year was his first goose hunt and that's kind of like what i introduced him to because early season like september 15th it opens up there's a ton of birds around the limits five birds um which is a lot for over here on the east coast and 
it's just like an easy way to get out and introduce a kid to hunting. So this year and last year was basically more introducing him into like the hunting and setting him up in the right situations. And I've kind of haven't sea duck hunted as much. Um, but I still go a couple times a year and that's, I'd rather, you know, do that two times a year than like I said, chase the two bird mallard limit on the local streams. So switching over then to, you know, doing the ocean hunting, what, what kind of gear did you have to change to, or what did you have to buy? Like, did you have to pretty much start from scratch for that or? No. So like, so it's, so the guy that we ended up or that Blake traded a hunt with, I became really good friends with throughout the years. His name's Mike. Um, and he was an outfitter, um, or a sea duck guide. And he had the boat, he had all the decoys, he had everything. So it was just like when my schedule opened up and he was opened up, I would go. And it was kind of perfect because, you know, I didn't have to maintain a boat. I didn't have to buy decoys. I didn't have to do anything. But he recently moved down to uh, Texas. So I am, so I got, I bought all his decoys off of him. I went out and bought, uh, TDB, uh, the duck boat companies, uh, 88 classic 17 footer. I bought that last year and have been redoing it. Didn't really need anything, any work, you know, to be huntable, but I've just been like tinkering on it over the last year and I'm ready to get it in the water this year. So when you guys shoot something out there, you just cruise up on the boat and fish net it, or do you guys run dogs, dogs at all, or? Yeah. So, so, so he, so Mike did run, run a dog and he would also stay in the boat sometimes and we would hunt ledges, um, up in Maine that doesn't really work for the most part in the areas that I've scouted in, in Massachusetts and Rhode Island. Um, but we would, uh, I, I don't have, I have a, a versatile hunting dog. He's, uh, wire-haired pointing griffin and he's not he's great at like grouse hunting and like river duck hunting and stuff like that but i don't think he's ready here i don't think he's built for the ocean so we're gonna be anchored up you know and go net some birds okay yeah i have a i have a griffin too and i don't know about oh, either so more yeah he, he i can't keep him out of the water but i'm not gonna put him in that situation so was he running a lab then or did he have a chassis or what? Yeah, he had a lab. Um, it was a real, real good dog. Uh, she'd, she'd pick up any bird as far out as you shoot it. And, you know, sea duck hunting, they, they'll take a wad of, you know, BBs in the face and keep going. And you're out there, you know, in the boat trying to, you know, catch up to them, figure out where they're going to pop up, shoot them again. And, she would she would just swim right into the current and pick him up and you know chase him down and it was it was pretty wild to see her work and i think i think he did some training nothing or he might have sent her to a place locally or worked with a guy locally up in maine but um i think she was all like natural ability and just had the experience okay so when you're out there in the ocean do you worry about your gear, like your gun and stuff like that at all with the salt water? Or do you just kind of oh, like yeah. normal? So I had like this beater Stoger. Um, I don't even know what model it is. It was like a $500 special and something happened and like my gun jammed up and like I was, I was about to go out up to Maine and I just like shot out the Bass Pro, picked up like a shitty Stoger to run. And um, yeah, if you, you need like i mean you don't need anything special but i didn't do anything to this after i hunted i drove like two three hours back and when i pulled it out of my truck the thing looked like a world war ii relic it was just all rusted up it was ridiculous i have a picture of it i'll send it to you yeah that's i i mean i could definitely see that but <laughs> yeah yeah like you need, like now i i run like you know you gotta run a um, a gun that has like a one, you don't have to, but like, I've noticed that the guns that have like the camo pattern, like painted on them or whatever dipped in, they don't, you know, as long as you wipe them down after you're good to go, but those protect it. This was like an old, like a, like the base model black, like I did nothing to it and probably scratched it at some, but it, it, it literally looked like a rusted 
rod that was left in the ocean for years. <laughs> it was bad. Well, um, have you, uh, I guess, is there really a migration for your ocean ducks? Do they hang around all winter? Or- no, they, they, they migrate. They're, um, they go up to like New Brunswick and Quebec. And so like the actually go back to the, the first, um, the first time with, with Blake to go hunt with Mike for the traded hunt, we were, you know, like I was just in awe watching all the birds come through and I was sitting on the ledge with Blake and, you know, the two birds come in, Blake smokes one. I shoot this head. It floats back, back towards the boat. He picks it up and, you know, we have radios. He's in the tender and he radios to us and he's like, Hey, who shot, who shot the hen? And I'm like, Oh, here we go. I'm, I'm going to get, you know, like an ass whooping over this for shooting the hen. And, um, I was like, Oh, I did. And it was just a, a quick pause. And then he goes, you're a lucky bastard. And it was the first hen that I shot was banded and it was banded like five, five years prior, I think in Quebec. Um, so yeah, they like migrate all the way up from there and you won't really see many, um, in the summertime, like we, we vacation out on the Cape every year we go with our, uh, my in-laws out to the Cape and we hang out down there for a couple weeks or my family does. I work the whole time and drive down on the weekends and see them. Um, but I'll always be out on the water looking for, looking for the birds. And there's definitely way more down, down there in the wintertime than there is in the summertime. You'll still catch a couple, but there's way more down there. Um, you know, are they during during the season? Are they like on the same schedule as our birds when it comes migrating? Like, do you see them come in when you would see ducks coming down or whatever? Like regular I, ducks, mallards. It's a little bit later, uh, per my experience. I'm not an expert sea duck hunter by no means, but um, our season. So Maine Maine's open right now. I've been hunting Massachusetts and like the southern New England area uh, more. Um, since Mike left, but the, yeah, I see the, like the, this, the coastal region opens up December 1st. And to be honest, like my first hunt that I plan on going out down there is a couple weeks, a uh, couple weeks after the 1st of uh, December. Okay. So, yeah. It's, uh, it runs like through January. I'm pretty sure. Um, so that's, it's like, it's snotty, real snotty weather um you know stuff's frozen up no one's out there all the vacation homes are closed up you know you kind of have the ocean to yourself besides you know some fishing boats popping in and out and and that's it and the other crazy duck hunters that are out there so being in a more populated area over there do you ever have any friends with landowners i guess not landowners but uh people who don't really understand hunting whatnot like any hunter harassment or anything like that no, the only, the only like kind of hunter harassment thing that's happened to me was pretty close to my house. Um, so like on the ocean, all those people are gone and I've never, I've never had a game warden called on me or anything on uh, hunting on the ocean. I actually hunted Brant last year with a traded hunt, uh, down in Rhode Island. And it was like the, it was the coolest, but weirdest experience I've ever had. Cause we like we set up on a public beach where, which had like a parking lot, like 50 yards away. And when we showed up, I'm like, we can hunt here. And he's like, yeah, I've talked to the game warden. We do it all the time. He knows us. It's, it's legal. And we had people like walking their dogs behind us. Like as we were laying out on the sand, shooting Brant coming through, it was, it was the wildest thing. And no one, like one guy stopped and took pictures of us with like a professional camera. And like no one ever showed up or said anything to us or, you know, harassed us at all. But I was like upland hunting, um, close to my house a couple of years ago. And I had like a, this weirdest run in with, uh, a grouse got up. I shot at it. I missed, I kept walking. Um, and then there was like, it was on a river and all of a sudden some guy popped up on the other side of the river and was yelling at me and i'm like what's going on because the river was really flowing pretty hard we just had like heavy rains and it was really high like almost overflowing and um he was basically saying i shot him 
um, which I shot the complete other way. So I stood there and talked to him for a minute. And uh, I just told him to call the cops if he wants. I'll stay here. And because I knew they'd find my wad facing the other way, they, you know, everything lined up to basically, I think that guy was deer hunting and I shot close to close to uh, sunset and um, like a half hour before sunset. And he was, he was pissed off that I was hunting on the other side of the road. I probably spooked deer right out, out from under him, but I wasn't going to let him. He like, he threatened to shoot me. I was like, come on, let's go. <laughs> if you're going to do it, go ahead. Let's see. I, I got a dog and a shotgun right here. What are you going to do? And he just yelled at me for a minute. and That was it. Yeah, I don't know if I would do good in a situation like that. I might get a little too hot-headed. And... Yeah, to, to be honest, like I couldn't really hear him because the river was ripping so bad. And I knew he wasn't going to cross the river. Um, but I just stood there and just told him. I was like, go ahead, call, call the cops. What are you going to do? He's like, I want you to apologize. You want me to shoot you? I'm like... I didn't shoot you and no, I don't want you to shoot me, but go ahead. Call the cops. If you want, if you want to make a big deal about this, go ahead. Well, how is, uh, your waterfowl season going so far this year? Have you really got out at all much? Yeah. I've, t- I've taken my, my son out to the local. I have like a couple blinds set up on a couple rivers close to us, um, on private, uh, just, well, farmer's land, um, which I think a lot of people have permission on except one, one spot. And we had like a good woody early season, um, shot, shot a handful of those, um, early goose was good. I got out a couple of times, shot our limits. And then I just kind of got busy. Um, and I got a camp up in, uh, Northern New England, close to the Vermont, um, not the Vermont border, the Canadian border. Um, so I hunt, hunt up there a lot uh for for grouse and ducks so i got a couple couple blinds set up up there and i focus mainly on upland hunting when i'm up there because the grouse aren't really super close to me where i live so get that done we're in the split right now so that's about to open up um right around i think it's thanksgiving or the day before thanksgiving it opens up so we'll be getting back out uh chasing some green heads and then once the once the sea duck opens uh, in December, we'll be we'll be out in the marsh areas, or you know maybe go out a little further and try to chase some white wings and stuff like that. Cool. So, what's your plans for the rest of the season? Are you uh, going to go on any trips anywhere? Do you have anything planned? Or are you just going to hang around home, or what? Yeah, nothing planned. Hanging out. Gonna I'm going to explore more of Massachusetts, Rhode Island. Um, try to head out in great Bay in uh, New Hampshire. If I can, it's, they got some weird hunting regulations where you can't hunt in certain areas in this, in this uh, Bay, but there's a ton of ducks in there. I haven't hunted much out there, but um, the couple times that I've been out there, it's been really fun. So, and I've always gone with someone that knew the area. So this will be more of an exploration year for me up there, but I plan on hunting some brand down in Rhode Island. Um, linking up with a couple people from Instagram um, and Facebook that, that we, uh, that I talked to going to hunt Connecticut, um, Long Island. I'm going to shoot out there for some brand and then, you know, just try to try to get my, my son, my oldest son in some good situations. Um, he doesn't shoot or anything, but he, he's completely addicted to waterfowl hunting. Yeah. Um, were you planning on going back to North spring? Try to stay chase snow goose at all i don't know it's uh it's always so it's it's so hard um so last year me blake and mike we went out to nebraska and it's just so hard to time it with flights and everything to like really plan ahead to get out there um i want to but i'm not sure i'm not sure what's gonna what's gonna happen i might shoot down to texas um visit some of my family down there nothing set in stone, but my wife actually was like, Hey, we should go down, visit, visit your family and shoot over and see Mike. And, you know, you guys can go waterfowl hunting. So maybe we'll chase some redheads down there, but nothing set in stone. Just kind of, just kind of going, going with the flow and uh, see what happens. Mm -hmm. So uh, do you, do you have the uh, poster or whatever? That's the, um, like the waterfowlers grand slam or whatever, where you're trying to shoot, 
every species like Blake has or do you worry about that at all? No, no, I think I always think it would be cool. Like I know in the back of my hind, back of my mind, every bird that I've shot, but I, I haven't tracked on the poster. No, the Hunt 41 poster. No, um, I'm more about like the, what gets me going is like the history of the areas. So like, I'd rather go hunt or like, I look more, I look forward to more of like seeing myself go hunt the timber in Arkansas, go down to um, Maryland and hunt, hunt there and see like the traditions that are there. Um, you know, kind of really feel like the nostalgia of, of the hunts and how it was and really see how people hunt in different areas rather than just shooting, you know, all the birds um and get you know checking them all all off the the mark i'd like to hunt in every state i'd like to duck hunt in every state i'd rather do that than shoot every bird that would be cool cool for me yeah i could totally understand that i mean i've i know i'd never be able to fill that out anyways i'm I'm not gonna be able to do all the traveling unless suddenly i hit the lottery once my kids are growing up and out of the house and i can retire and have free time but right yeah that's that's the way to do it just hit the lottery and you'll be all squared away just don't tell anyone you hit the lottery i'll let you know we can create a hunt or two yeah that works yeah so that that's that's like more of that's what gets me going is like seeing the local areas looking at like old decoys that people are using um you know the the difference between like layout hunting and you know infield dry fields you know, dry field duck hunting, like we don't really do that by us. I know people up in Maine do it, but I've never, I've never made an attempt to do it where I am. You know, it's just, I just want to see the different type of hunting styles there are and, and, and what people do and the food that they eat and like go down to Louisiana and eat their, their gumbo or whatever that they're making all day in those pots. Like just, just really sink my teeth into the the history of the areas. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, what I really like doing is if I know like there's an area with, you know, history to it or whatever, like hunting wise, if you can find old photos or, you know, reports from the area from back in the early 1900s or anything like that. I just think it's really cool seeing those old black and whites and seeing how they were doing it back then in the same spots that you're in now and how much it's changed. And it just, I don't know. I've really always liked that type of stuff. I love the history of places. Yeah, we had um, some old Bill Wasson, which is like he was a pretty uh, prevalent carver here for eiders and, and all types of ducks um, and birds. But we had these like we have these massive Bill Wasson decoys, uh, big cork with like a wood head and they're, they're massive and super waterlogged and heavy. But we would bust those out, you know, like once a year and do a hunt over those and they're super fragile now because they're so old but it was so fun to just sit back and 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 look at those float in the water and try to shoot riders over those which was super fun and i know we've like through instagram i've given or sold some and i have a couple have one in my office uh, at work and you know we've given some away and it's just it's just cool seeing like the history that way like i wish i could afford to buy all these old decoys that these old cool you know carvers you know have up for sale and stuff but they're so expensive yeah i mean i've talked about it with a bunch of different guys over the years i think it'd be so cool to get just a spread of like a dozen or two dozen or whatever of old hand carved decoys cork or wood or whatever and try to do a hunt over them like the you know just bring them back and get them back out there one more time i think it'd be really cool to go out and do that but i mean yeah find anything like that i mean you'd be ordering it in from across the country buying them from people and then at that point with how much they cost really break your heart it out in the water exactly yeah you don't like you don't want to put them out there but you do that's actually uh one of the guys that i'm friends with on instagram that bought a couple of the the bill wassons that went up for sale he refurbed some of them and he's bringing them up to maine he lives in new jersey um really really cool guy he he's bringing them back up and he's going over i think he's he's got a guided hunter he comes up every year and hunts with the same guy i don't know if it's guided or just like a a friend's hunt but he he's been sending me pictures of him like refurbing them and like getting them all squared away and then bringing them up and he's going to hunt over them again um which is super cool to see it's yeah, it's funny though like i uh 
my wife so like this summer my wife's like hey she's like all into like yard sale and facebook marketplace and stuff like that she's like hey there's there's an estate sale and this guy looks like he has some duck hunting stuff and i'm like yeah i'm all set like i got plenty of stuff to do or like i'm i'm all squared away and then she kind of bugged me a couple times and like both of the kids went down to sleep she's like just drive over it's like 15 minutes away from our house and i went and it was like an old this old like carver he made duck calls he made all these decoys um he had like eider decoys he had you know black ducks like buffle heads um a bunch of mallard stuff and he passed away and i didn't even know he lived near us he was just you know i was talking to his wife and she's like yeah you know come she like brought me out to his shop she's like whatever you want let me know and i ended up buying a couple things off of off of her but it was it was cool because like I think like before social media, like all these old historical guys, like maybe they weren't super famous, but his stuff was, you know, super neat to look at, you know, really cool. And I wonder how many more of those are just floating about, you know, not known or only known by a couple people, but super, super cool and rooted down to wherever they are. Yeah. It would have been cool if you'd known about him beforehand, you know, sit right? down with them, share a pot of coffee and talk you know, the old days and what it used to be like back then and whatnot. Exactly. Yeah. Now I just, I hunt out of his blind and think about it all the time. Now he had like a couple uh, a frame uh, blinds that I, I picked up and we set up in fields and stuff and just leave them permanently out there. And uh, yeah, every time I, I step into it, I'm like, I wonder how many birds were killed out of this. For sure. Yeah. That's, that's something I would like to do one day is if, I mean, it takes time and whatnot, but, to find a bunch of old guys that were killers back in the day before, you know, Instagram, Facebook, and forums, even back in the 60s to 70s and 80s, or even earlier if they're still around, and record some stories and make like a, not like a documentary, but like almost like a audio book, you know, each yeah. chapter, guy telling the stories. I think that'd be so cool because, I mean, there's so much history that about it, nobody might ever hear it again. And then once they're gone, all that knowledge and you know nostalgia is gone with them yeah it's it's funny too because like exactly what you said like i so like when we so i created um like a logo and stuff and we uh i was raising money for sea duck uh eider banding um sea duck conservation stuff because i was looking at you know ducks unlimited and you know delta and you know all the money goes to the prairie pothole region and there was a huge dip in in eider numbers um and so i was like i need to do something to to try to you know raise money for conservation of of these birds because they're you know my passion and so i created you know a logo for and named it salty fowl and it's just a picture of an eider and i reached out to a local massachusetts company called 1620 usa they make like high-tech clothing for like workwear and uh they made me like a, a couple a couple hats and i was just you know selling them they're usa made and i was talking to the owner and his dad is like this this classic duck hunter from from massachusetts like northern massachusetts a salty old guy like drive the harley he looks like has a a sick beard like white hair you know like just a classic salty guy that you would see like driving a, a lobster boat around and i've like i started following him on instagram like he created an instagram like a year ago and just like listening to his stories of like the history of like areas like he'll pull up to a rock and like tell you stories of like what in history what that rock was about and like how he hunts over here and if you ever show up in this area you know i don't know he it's just it's pretty cool seeing the history and like not knowing i guess instagram's good for that where like you can like all of a sudden find these people but you know there's a, a ton of people out there like we were talking about that just aren't you know you don't you'll never find out unless you knew them yeah so on that salty foul uh, how did how'd that go? How much money did you guys raise, and is it still going on, or how's that? Yeah, going? so so I transitioned it. It was like so niche um, that I wanted to grow grow the grow a company bigger. So I made that just like kind of like a line 
of duck season. So like we still sell t-shirts and hats, um, hoodies and stuff like that, stickers to help raise money. And to be honest, I have, I originally said we were going to do 20% and then I ended up just doing a hundred percent of all the profits, uh, from all the sales went right back to it. And it didn't sell, like, I wasn't, I didn't donate like 20 million dollars or you know even even a couple thousand but i went out with the group that that was banding the eiders um and like they pulled up to like a boat launch and the boat launch people charged them like 120 dollars a boat to launch it for the day and for us to park so it was like the money went toward like even if it didn't really make an impact on like you know the whole conservation like at least i covered you know, the parking for a couple of days and, and gas money to get all the boats out there and set, set everything up. And, you know, I don't know how much I, they, they were very appreciative to whatever I gave them. And, you know, I, I did a bunch of donations throughout, um, throughout like a year period. Um, and I recently just donated, I ran like a quick sale and said, you know, whatever, whatever I sell, I'm just going to donate a hundred percent to the, to the, Ida brood survival conservation efforts that are going on in Maine. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know the total amount. I guess I'm not a, like a great business person, but <laughs> I've just been throwing money whenever I had some extra towards it. And we had like a couple sales and, you know, it hits my bank account. I'll just call them up and set up a PayPal transaction and shoot it over to them. Well, dropping above than the dry bottom. Right. So, uh, if people want to go buy stuff, you said it's still there on duck season and anything yeah. that's under the salty fowl line or what? Yeah. Anything under the salty fowl line and um, the, the clothes. So like, that's like the whole thing that I, it's like, it's a double-edged sword. Like right now we make stuff. Um, we make stuff that like we want to wear. So like we made some really high quality hoodies um, and like it, embroidered duck season on the chest so you know it looks looks really really nice good quality stuff it's not like the gildan or bella canvas or what like most of most companies are using like you see you see a bunch of clothing companies pop up like on instagram every week or on facebook and they're all trying to like just throw this you know have great marketing do a bunch of ad revenue and and pump it down your throat and then you end up buying the same same crappy hoodie over and over and over again or same crappy hat so like we really set out to get some like merino wool beanies made we contacted 1620 um usa which is like that uh that guy that we were talking about earlier um usa high quality technical gear um kind of like carhartt but but made in the usa and and better quality um and you know good usa made t-shirts and you know just stickers and stuff but to be honest i hate doing clothing it's like it's the worst with trying to secure high quality vendors and then you know once you get them in you, you bring them to your embroider and they you know they they you know rake you over the coals on on that and then you're trying to sell sell t-shirts and, and make profit it's just it's not so right right now we really just you know if we if if the group wants a couple of hoodies we're like we'll design one and be like yeah let's do it in this color we'll make the hoodies same thing with the t-shirts and stuff like that but we'll always have the salty fowl you know a couple of things to 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 buy on there to just raise money for conservation cool so on on duck season how did you you know, come up with the idea to get it going and when did you get it started and what all did it take to get it going? So it, it really started with the salty file of just trying to raise money. Um, from there, it was so, so focused that I wanted to grow up bigger. Um, and right at that point we were just selling merchandise. So came up for the name duck season. I, I used to be, so like before I went to college, I was thinking of going to school for graphic design. And then I realized I didn't want to sit behind a computer my whole life. Um, so I have somewhat some graphic design um, and I kind of do it as like a hobby now. And um, so we designed some, some logos and, and decided on, on duck season to, to name it, to kind of be more general. Um, but we really wanted to bring a community together. 
so we started off with the idea to sell, you know, some hats and stuff like that. And then from there, turn around and kind of focus on the community aspect of it and build a form within the website um, to kind of bring it back to the roots of like duck hunting chat and and refuge forums um, and get away from, I guess, the whole Facebook, like there's, there's so much stuff that happens on Facebook and it's, and it's great because we've met so many people and and gone on so many cool hunts and, you know, with like-minded people. But I feel like every time you comment or someone puts a picture, there's like 10 negative comments to like one, one positive. So I wanted to put, to kind of bring back the roots of like the old forum. So that's why we embedded a, a forum aspect into the website. And then kind of how duck season started or salty fowl started you know like the it was kind of born on a traded hunt and we talked about that already that i wasn't even part of i just kind of got brought in because i could drive blake from portland to where we were hunting and um it was with that like none of none of this would have ever happened if we didn't have people that were willing to trade hunts so on our website we are highlighting people that want to trade hunts locally to for whatever so like if you know like i can put you know be highlighted on the website for i'm gonna trade a sea duck hunt if you want to shoot old squaw and eider and scoter or um, white wing or black ducks um in new england contact me directly and then you know some guy in the flooded timber could put something up to like you know we shoot greenheads by the millions down in the flooded timbers or if you want a snow goose in north dakota or montana or whatever um so that's the the focus that we're doing now like we have the forum to let people discuss whatever they want to discuss and then we're going to highlight people that want to trade hunts and the whole aspect of like trading hunts is is a good way to to see new areas and really dive deep into the heritage and see what everyday people are doing like this guy could be a carpenter you know like working a million hours a week and then on the weekends he goes out and and slams ducks and you want to see how he does it then trade a hunt with him and and offer something that that you can that you do that he you know or maybe he wants to do the same thing in michigan so you could trade a hunt with him. You know, he's in California and you're in Michigan. You guys can trade hunts and, you know, you can bring your wife down and, you know, go see whatever you want to see in California and you can trade a hunt in Michigan. It's, I think it's a really cool aspect that not a lot of people take advantage of and highlighting people that are willing to do it and kind of have it off of Facebook. That was another thing that I've noticed when I was looking for like traded hunts on Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that is you get lost in the mess of things where, you know, I'll see someone like selling a boat or whatever and I'll come back like a couple weeks later and I can't find it because it's like so buried down in a, in a group chat or, you know, the ads are just popping up. Like this is just free. If you want to do it, shoot me a, shoot me a DM or shoot me an email or, you know, whatever. And we'll, we'll highlight you on the website. Cool. So how, I guess, how big is the community right now? Do you know, like, is there a it's, number? It, the, the community, like it, this idea we just started recently, it's, it's been, it's been an idea for, you know, a year or so. And we we're just trying to figure out how to do it the right way. So it's, it's in the early stages. Um, so if you want to hop on now, just go ahead and shoot me, shoot me a DM on Instagram or wherever. And um, we can get it squared away. But it, I think we have, roughly 50 users in the forum um and then we've i've have a bunch of people that that are sending me stuff i just haven't uploaded it for the traded hunts um but we have a a handful of people that are willing to trade hunts and it's it's not just solely focused in new england it's it's across the country which is pretty cool we've even had we had a guy in like argentina that like shot me a DM that I'm trying to work out, trying to go through the language barrier with him to, to put him on the website. What's he trying to sell? Or I guess I, trade. I, just that's what I'm trying to figure out. It looks like it's like some upland, some like weird bird, some weird bird that some weird, like upland bird that he hunts down there. I think it's in, it's either Uruguay or Argentina. I don't remember. 
which awesome. one, but it's it's some it's some crazy bird. When I he has a website, I don't even remember his name to be honest. But I need I'm, I've we've been going back and forth trying to square him away with with a highlight on the website. I mean, it's a great idea, and once it takes off, because I'm I guarantee it will. This is something that's well thought out. And I mean, I've been on the website multiple times and looked at it, and it's easy to go through. Looks good. There should be no reason that. You know, people can't figure it out once they get on it and into it. I mean, it could be really great for the hunting community, just as far as traded hunts, because I know there's a lot of guys that are, you know, you can't afford to go on a guided hunt. But if you know if there's someone in the area that he's got a couple of spots he can take you to and you guys, you know, he goes on a hunt, takes you on a hunt, and then you take him on one. It helps out everybody. You get to see a lot more country. You get to do a lot of cool things you wouldn't normally get to do because, you know, you can't afford a guided hunt travel across the country and do that type of deal right exactly like when we went down to nebraska this year i think i paid like four hundred dollars we split like a cheap motel and like dinner for a couple nights and you know i was there and back we did like a little turn and burn trip but it was super cheap and it was awesome because i would have never been able to do that um just with like the the cost of the cost of like hiring a guide and going out there it was just it was just a cool experience to see what how people do it down there and and super welcoming people and we're actually taking them out on a brand hunt next year cool yeah and it just grows you know yeah well we got to start wrapping her up here but is there anything else you uh, want to say anything you want to plug your uh, social medias or anything or yeah you- so you can yeah. you can the easiest thing to do is probably DM me on Instagram. It's duck season, D U K S Z N. Um, check out the website. It's the same duck season.com. Uh, we're on Facebook too. I don't pay too much attention to Facebook. So if you got both, just DM me on Instagram and you know, if you got any questions, hit me up. If you want to trade a hunt, do the same. Um, if you're looking to find someone for a traded hunt, hit me up. I know a bunch of people across the country that, I can probably hook you up with and uh you know if you're looking for a specific species or or an area let me know and we'll go from there awesome well thanks a ton for uh coming on with me and uh hope you have a good rest of your season i look forward to hearing from you about how everything goes and uh maybe one of these days if you want to come over to the east side of montana i can take you out on a goose and uh greenhead hunt yeah i'm always i was out in uh what was it like couple hours like two hours west of missoula and we were we did we did some fly fishing out there this summer i forget the name of it my buddy has a camp out there um near like hungry horse is that oh, i don't know that side of the state course no you don't know that oh, okay <laughs> it's all there's right. a lot of there over there i've never heard of and there's a lot of little towns over here that they've never heard of so oh i'm sure it's a big but. state Oh, yeah. But all right. Again, thanks a lot for coming on and hope to hear from you in the future. All right. Sounds like a plan. Take it easy. Yep.